What does it take for your podcast to stand out amongst the myriad podcasts taking up the share of ear in 2023? And in particular, what are some of the mistakes that will keep you from growing your audience as quick as you believe you should be? Today, I am joined by an absolutely wonderful podcast guest, an absolutely wonderful industry thinker and someone who I've known for a long, long time and had the privilege to spend a lot of time with over the years. I'm, of course, Mark Asquith. This is the Podcast Accelerator, and this is Common Podcast Fopa with the podcast consultant, Mr. Matthew Passy. Welcome to the show, my friend. Oh, it is so great to be here, Mark, and good to see you. And yes, we've, we've spent a lot of time together, but truthfully, not enough. I wish it was more. Oh, likewise, my friend. Yeah, COVID halted a lot of that. I, I, I hark back to the uh, New, New Jersey Joe Pardo Indie PodCon conference days. I used to love those days, man. I used to love that event. I really need to get back out there. I was just going to say, any chance we'll see you in September, but based on that tone, I'm guessing that's it. Yeah, not this year. <laughs> I'm going to just, now I'm with child, it would be bundle her up and just take her up to, I used to, I used to do like a lot of networking and work in New York and then come on down on the train um, to that event, which was brilliant. So I don't know, maybe I could swing it. Maybe I could swing it. I'll, I'll see what the boss says. And uh, when I say boss, I don't mean the baby. I mean my wife, obviously, Sam, but uh, I'd love to. And I actually, I think it wasn't, I think it was Dave Jackson that mentioned it on the show. I didn't even know that Joe was doing that this year because I've been a bit out of the loop with that event. Um, so I'm, I'm delighted it's back, man. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Yeah, this will be a good year. And truthfully, this is the first year I'm going to, and I'm not speaking. I'm literally just going to go and attend and listen to what everybody has to say. I love it. Are you doing podcast movement? I am not doing podcast movement. Uh, you know, the, the timing of it has always been rough for me. One, it's right in between when kids camp in and school begins and, uh, my wife has to work. We're going to take a little vacation. So I'm, I'm going to be, you know, on kid duty. And then truthfully with the, with the business sale, it was just like not the year. Um, I will definitely get back there in the future with other, uh, crazy ideas and, and different objectives, but, uh, just couldn't, couldn't swing it this year. I hear you, my friend. Yeah. Family life is, is in, in, in the, the height of summer, I think is, it's difficult to sometimes get away from, which is not a, certainly not a bad thing. I'll not be there myself for the same reason. I've got, um, I talked about it on the last episode, uh, along with the squad cast side of things. And it, it, it's the team are going out and I'm absolutely envious because I love, I, I love Denver and I love podcast movement. I love seeing friends, but, um, there's also that element of we better let someone else go and just you know, have some of the fun out there as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get out there next year, mate. But uh, you mentioned the business. Let's, we're going to talk about podcasting for power and, and, and you've, you've seen a thousand and one podcasts. You've seen every mistake that there's, that, that there's ever been in podcasting, I'm sure. So I'm keen to get to some of those. But before we do that, I want to talk about you for just a second. Um, you, you mentioned the business, you mentioned the sale of the business. Tell us a little bit about that. Like, what's your background? What do you do in podcasting? Where are you now? What have you been through? And, and, and what's led you to this chat today? Sure. So the, the really quick version is I used to work in business world, worked for a radio station here in New Jersey, worked for the Wall Street Journal Radio Network for eight years. And during that time, I actually was doing podcasts for both of those institutions. So I'd been in the space for a, a while um, before it really, you know, became this like, you know, big pop culture commercial thing. 2014, Dow Jones decides to get out of the radio business, lays off everybody, including the podcast team. So here I am figuring out what am I going to do next? And folks that I used to interview at the journal, we would turn those into podcasts and put them out there like, Hey, these were doing something for us. Like, could, could you help us? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really an entrepreneur. Um, I don't really feel like starting a business. Like I want a job. Uh, but I was like, sure. Right. I got time. I got a computer. We'll, we'll figure it out. So I started to 
produce podcasts for other people very slowly uh, around early 2015. And, you know, again, it was just a side business. I was trying to find full-time work. I was doing some part-time jobs here and there. And I got a really good break in 2016, landed this amazing client whose show instantly took off and his popularity, his success bred a lot of people saying, Hey, I love what you're doing. How do I start a podcast? And he was so kind to say, you talk to Matthew. And after a few months of people coming in, I was like, okay, we're, we're going to do this. Like we're going to dive headfirst all the way in. So really committed to running my own podcast production business. And, you know, initially it was just clients record stuff, send it to us. We edit, produce, publish, uh, launch shows, right? Coach consult. Cause like you said, not that I've, I haven't just seen everybody's mistakes, but I've made a lot of those mistakes. So very easy to tell people what to do when you know what not to do. Uh, and the business, you know, was doing pretty well, started to add things like, uh, the podcast audits, which is, you know, kind of what I'm assuming is the basis of our conversation today, where like how people are, are messing up their podcasts or what they're not doing right. Uh, and then the pandemic hit and I was like, ah, oh, this is over, right? Like nobody's got money. The markets are tanking. This is a luxury that nobody needs. And for the first month, it, it felt like that. I had a bunch of clients who were getting ready to launch. were like, no, we got to stop. Like, we don't know what's happening. This it's really scary right now. And I, I'm literally, I'm thinking like, Oh, we're, you know, we're going to lose the house, all this other stuff. And a few weeks later, all of a sudden it started to click with people like, well, I can't go to conferences. I can't see people in person. We got to get our messaging out there and podcasting just exploded. And not only that, but funny enough, Riverside actually came along during that time as well. And video podcasting became a thing. So we, really doubled down uh, on the video side of things. Well, I should say we really invested in the video side of things and we just saw this explosion. So for the past four years, we've just been seeing more and more clients coming in, want to do podcasts, helping them out, doing launches, right? All these different things, similar services, but just more of it. Um, and then last year I was approached by someone saying they wanted to buy a podcast production agency. And I was like, this is spam. Nobody, this isn't real. Nobody wants to buy this business. Um, you know, I assume I'd be doing this until I was 80 and keel over on my desk one day because I work 80 hours a week doing it. Uh, but it turned out to be a real thing. And I, I took a little bit of time to think about it and consider all the, the consequences, the ramifications, what it would mean for the business, for the clients, for my team, what it would mean for my family. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, I got to know these two buyers really, really well. I liked the way that they thought, the way they operated, their personalities. I really trusted that they were going to nurture and care for this business and, and for all the people who were associated with it. It wasn't just some, you know, hedge fund coming in to, you know, buy it and strip it for parts and, right, you know, sell everything off. And so ultimately I said, this is, um, this is a chance to, one, like you were talking about with the Squadcast descripting, right? There's a chance to have an exit because many founders, we don't have time to think about that or we don't have the resources to plan for that. Um, and two, it's also just a chance to, to kind of reset and, you know, maybe explore some of the other things. Like you, I've got a million ideas running all the time, but no time to work on any of them. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still in the middle of consulting with the transition, right? Helping these guys through, giving them as much information as I can, making sure that they remain successful. And, and truthfully, I'm seeing them being even more successful, which is great. Uh, but I'm going to take a little bit of time off and then, yeah, I've already got 
the brain's running a mile a minute with crazy ideas for uh, for podcasting, which is why hopefully you'll see me a podcast movement next year, uh, hawking something new. I love it. Well, congratulations, my friend. Yeah, very well deserved. Um, you know, a great thinker in the space and someone that I know puts people first, which I think is very, very important. And I think it's something that we should all strive to. So you mentioned the, the, the podcast audits, which I'm going to get to in just a second, but I just want to remind you, the beautiful listener, if you love the show, you can be like Josh from last week and you can chuck... Matthew and I, a beer, if we get any tips in, if we get any beer money coming in on this session, I'm going to, I'm going to buy Matthew a beer. I'm going to send him it over. I'm going to, I don't know how I would do that. Like we don't have Venmo over here, mate, but I don't know. I'll send you a, maybe just send you a bottle of actual beer to your house, mate. But anyone can do that. Mark.live slash support. And yeah. What beer do you like, mate? That sounds delightful. I'm a, I'm a IPA person, but hold that thought because I'd rather enjoy it with you the next time I see you. Oh, all right. You got yourself a date, my friend. We'll do that at the next event we see each other at. So if you do want to support the show, you can do that at mark.live slash support. All right, let's go podcast audit, my friend. Um, we, we, I want to get some of these faux pas that we, that we see and that you see in particular through these audits. But before we do that, let's set the scene. What is a podcast audit? What do you do? What do you look at when it comes to one of these things? So the podcast audit is basically a way for me to take a unbiased, you know, outside approach at someone's baby. Um, you know, so many people have put a lot of time, effort, passion, care into this project. They launch a show, they do it for a variety of different reasons, and they don't get truly honest feedback. Either they don't have an audience that can provide it, or they have family members who are just being like, oh, I love it. It's so great. You were so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. And who probably haven't really listened and also don't have a critical eye for what they're, what they're looking for. And what was happening was we started to, we launched a lot of shows, right? Our, our business was like people come to us to start a show. We help them launch. And so we, we would get them off on the right foot. We were starting to get more production clients who were like, well, you know, we launched this podcast with the business, but we didn't know what we were doing. And, you know, we like it now we want to change it. Or, uh, you know, we were working with this producer and, and we don't like what they're, whatever it is. So lots of reasons why people start a podcast and just get off on the wrong foot. And so we decided what we would do is we're going to review your show, right? I'm going to treat your show as if I am a stranger, your target audience. How do I find it? What do I see when I find it? What are your titles? What's your artwork? Is it appealing? Uh, what's your marketing look like? What is your website? And just kind of go through the whole thing and provide constructive feedback. So we are, we are not looking to be cruel, but we are going to be very frank and honest. And for a while there, I was worried that you know, you tell people everything they're doing wrong and it was going to be a lot of calls ending in with, what the hell do you know? And it turned out most people were super grateful that we could, you know, as I said, tell them their baby is ugly because it's hard for you to see your own mistakes and it's hard to get critical feedback if you don't have a good unbiased eye looking at it. So that was the idea. Yeah, I hear that, mate. I I, I feel that <laughs> getting feedback, right? So podcasting is very, what's the phrase? And I've got to be careful how I phrase this because I don't want to offend anyone. Like you have to have a certain ego to be able, and I'm, I'm here on the mic, to be able to get on a <laughs> mic 
and to um, to confidently parlay your ideas in such a way that people enjoy it. You have to have enough of an ego to be able to get that out there. And when I say ego, I don't mean it in the, 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 the way that a lot of people may understand that. I mean, we all have an ego. We need that to be confident. We have to have that. And, and the, the balance must be difficult for you to be able to say, actually, these are the things that are without a shadow of a doubt, not as good as they could be with your podcast. And to be able to deliver that in such a way that it's constructive, I, I think is a real talent. Um, is, do you find that there's, like, is there a general theme? You know, if I was to say to you, okay, here are 10 podcasts without listening to them. Give me one or two things that you can almost guarantee these guys will be doing wrong. Is there anything that stands out? Anything that's a trend that you spot? Uh, yes, there absolutely. There are, I would say there's probably three things that happen across the board in all of these audits. Um, number one, and it's probably the most important, like a lot of these calls are often spent just talking about this, but knowing why you are doing this. So, you know, when we work with new clients, the first thing we always ask is, okay, why are you doing this? And more importantly, why, why should the people who you are targeting actually spend time to listen to your show, right? What value are you going to deliver to them? Now, most of the people who we work with tend to be businesses and brands and right. So like their, their goals are a little bit more tangible, right? The value that you get from their podcast tends to be like education on this or learn how to be that or become a better blah, blah, blah. And that's not, that doesn't have to be true, right? A podcast value can just be companionship, entertainment, humor, inspiration, whatever, right? Like it, it could just be entertainment. It does not have to be those tangible things, but we tend to focus on the tangibles. And so what we find often is that we ask somebody, so why are you doing this podcast? Like, well, you know, we're really trying to grow our awareness of our brand with this target audience. And I listen to the show and I go, okay, that's not who you're talking to, right? Like this, what I'm hearing would not be worth the time of the people you're telling me you want to listen to actually listen to your show. So the first thing and the thing that most often results in people needing an audit is their, their objectives and their execution are not aligned. And if those things aren't aligned, you're spinning your wheels, you're wasting your time, you're getting frustrated, you're probably going to give up, right? We, we've seen it thousands of times with plenty of podcasts. So like, that's usually the first thing. And again, people, a lot of people don't think very, very hard about the podcast. It's just for a while there, there was a lot of Hey, you should have a podcast. It's a great way to make money and grow your brand and blah, blah, blah. And everybody's doing it. It's a really cool thing to do. And so people just started doing it and they didn't really put in a ton of foresight into the why and how to execute on that. Why? So that's number one across the board. You have to be able to say to yourself, why are you investing your time, money, and energy into this? Who is it you really want to reach? And what is it you want those people you are reaching to do upon listening? Listen, the answer could be, I want them to buy mattresses. Okay, so you're growing an audience so you could sell time to other people. Fine. You want to be a mattress salesman? Great. It's a great way to make money. Or you want to sell Blue Apron or, or you know, Captivate sales? Like, cool. Like, that's a good, that's fine. But then you have to create a show that keeps people around long enough to buy your stuff. But for a lot of them, it's, well, we really want to grow our sales. We really want to, you know, network with people. It's like, okay, then let's make sure your show is accomplishing that. So number one, why are you doing this? 
Number two is we tell everybody that we work with that you have to assume that your audience is stupid and lazy. That's just, you know, we don't think that the audience is stupid and lazy, right? Like all the statue podcasts are said to be affluent and well-educated and motivated and blah, blah, blah. Like, yes, but you have to assume they're stupid and lazy in that if you want them to do something, you have to tell them and show them exactly what you wanted them to do and then lay out the red carpet and remove all friction from that equation. So if you want to grow your show and you want people to subscribe to your show, well, you should have a button on your website or wherever you're promoting this that says subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, right? Like if that's your number one thing that you want people to do, lay out the red carpet, make it easy. If you want to grow your sales, okay, put a link to your website, right? Like these are, these are simple things that it's just easy to overlook and, and easy to mess up. And so we see a lot of people just, again, they, they know why they're doing it now, but they don't make it easy enough for people to do it, right? Take advantage of your show notes, your website, your marketing, your intro, your outro, your call, all that stuff. The third thing is promotion based. And it's this idea that people who often talk about their content, whether it's an email or social or even their titles and their show notes or whatever it is that they're doing to try and get people to listen to their show, they are usually just doing the, look at me, I've got a new episode, check me out, the latest episode, hear this. And honestly, nobody cares. We are being sold stuff constantly from every angle, from every direction and everywhere we look. So if your entire pitch is just, I need you to do something for me, eh, you've lost me. 100%, you're, there's no chance there. We always tell people it's not about, it's, it shouldn't be a matter of, the podcaster should not be asking the audience to do something for them. The podcaster should be telling the audience, here's what I'm going to give you in exchange for your time. Because a lot of podcasts are like, well, I'm just competing with another, whatever, another podcast about podcasting from Blueberry or Libsyn instead of the one from Captivate or Podbean or Buzzsprout. It's like, no, it's not just a competition amongst podcasters. It's a competition for time, our most valuable resource. And it's not just, will I listen to Mark's podcast versus Matthew's podcast? It's, will I listen to a podcast versus watch a movie? Check out YouTube, listen to music, hang out with my kids, do my job. So if you're not making a explicit value-based or at the very least emotional argument that lets people know why your product is worth their time, they're not going to bother. I, I will literally go through someone's Twitter feed or Facebook feed or whatever, and I will read their post about their latest episode and halfway through, I'll start going, <laughs> like literally falling asleep. It's like, and, and they hear and they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. I would never listen to this either. And so those are the three things, right? Why you're doing it, what it is, you know, you want your audience to do and are you making it easy enough? And then how you are attracting that audience. Once you fix those other three things, everything else is bells, whistles, nice to haves, you know, perks, things that'll, that'll take you to the next level. But you have no chance at a baseline if you're messing up those first three things. Yeah, very insightful. And I, I think the, the 
the point about podcasts, it completely being fine for a podcast to be entertainment is, is something that is wildly understated. I don't think enough people are understanding that, especially because the industry has developed so much and it's a genuine industry that's, it's essentially a media industry now, not a, a tech or a production industry, you know, for, from a creator economy perspective, it's a genuine media. I, I think a lot of people forget that it's all right to just entertain people and, 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 you know, there's a reason that ads in primetime shows are more expensive and it's because people are tuning in for entertainment. They don't, you know, over here, watch a soap opera. Do I want value from soap? Yeah, maybe, but it's probably just entertainment and escapism. I'm not, yeah, I'm not looking for the next genius idea or the big motivation to get off my backside. So I think that's super important, mate. Now, let me flip that question around a little bit. Do you ever see things that people focus on, stress about, worry about, or put on a pedestal that actually, in reality, don't matter? I mean, I think often it's their stats. Um, and I'm, I know lots and lots of really good advisors and consultants and coaches talk about this all the time. And it's probably, you know, another person says, don't pay attention to your numbers. It, it, the reason why I say don't pay attention to your numbers is, again, it depends on why you're doing this. And now, you know, we talk about this podcasting world that it's not just entertainment. Value. There's lots of streams of the podcasting world, right? We think of the people we'd see a podcast movement or podcast. So they're like, well, that's the podcasting world. There's, there's worlds of people that do this that have no idea the podcast movement exists, believe it or not. And they don't care that, you know, there's a Riverside or a Squadcast out there. They're like, oh, I just, I still do it on Skype. It works for me. And like, that's what I know. So one, you have to understand that there's no one right answer. There's no one way of doing this. You know, the great thing about podcasting is there are no rules. There's best practices. There are things that have worked, but you do what works for you to accomplish your goals. So with that said, I have lots of, you know, people that I've spoken to and folks who, who, you know, they immediately get on the call. And the first thing they say is my downloads are this. Is that good enough? I don't know. How many, what's, what's the average download for a podcast? I mean, you know, according to Lipson, 150 downloads puts you in the 50th percentile, but you know, that's for every podcast out there. Who's your audience? Well, I only talk to, uh, you know, people who change radiators in igloos. Like, okay, well, I bet you there's only 150 people who do that and there's no way you're going to reach all of them. So 150 downloads is meaningless to you, right? That, that doesn't matter. But more importantly, it's again, if you're doing this because you need to sell something, right? Your objective is to have as many people as possible listening so that when advertisers come to you to get the most value for putting their announcement on your show, then yeah, downloads are the most important thing for you. But the people who we talk to, it's usually, I want more sales. I want more email signups. I want to grow my network. I want to do this. It's like, then who cares about your downloads? Like, yeah, I'd like to see that number go up, right? I, I want to see it getting better, but a thousand downloads to you is meaningless to this guy who needs 20,000 downloads and, you know, 500 downloads to this person is massively successful compared to the person who says 50,000 downloads is not good enough. So that is not the most important metric to hyper focus on. It's important to keep an eye on it, but what you really need to do is figure out what is your metric that's important. And that's what you should be tracking. And if it's, I need more email signups. 
Okay. Then instead of just putting your email signup link, use some UTM codes that allows you to track. Okay. I'm getting more people from the podcast, you know, people clicking on Apple versus people clicking on my website versus people clicking on Facebook. Otherwise you might see email signups, but it might not be coming for your podcast or maybe they are all coming from there, but you don't know because your downloads are only a hundred. You're like, well, that's not good enough. I don't know. 87 people signed up for your newsletter. That's a pretty good return rate. Um, it also helps to know, did this episode do well versus this episode in terms of what's your goal? And if you're not tracking that, how do you know? So people who are obsessed with the, the wrong number is what we see very, very often. Um, I also think that the advice that is instinctually sounds true. And for a while, even I believed it is you have to have big name guests on your show in order to be successful, right? Everybody, every business podcast in the world wants to have, I'm going to say Elon Musk on their show because Elon Musk is going to drive up my downloads and I'm going to, it's the, woo, it's the golden parachute I need. It's like, not really. Yeah. Elon Musk has a billion X followers, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. And if he goes on your show, yeah, those billions of people are going to come check him out. But most of them, they're not staying for your next episode. They're now going to whatever other show Elon Musk is going to be on next. And so these people who obsess over the type of the big name personalities being on their show, especially early on, like, oh, I need these three huge names before I launch my show. It's like, then what are you going to do? You're going to have a show that's this good for the first few episodes. And then the next three are going to be like that obsession with guests who are going to drive my growth, I think is silly. And you've seen this, I'm sure a million times, which is one, those guests, maybe get a little pop, but then it comes down Two. Maybe the guest isn't appropriate for your audience. So just having a big name guest, like kind of says to people like, well, you're not paying attention to what you said you were going to give us. And number three, many times the guests are like, they just ignore you. They go on the show. They move on with their life. They don't share it. They don't like it. They don't retweet it. They don't do anything that you expected them to do to grow your show. That's not their job. They are doing you a favor by giving you their time. They are not beholden to you to now be your marketer. And so I think that obsession with the guests you have on your show matters more than anything else. That's two places that I see a lot of people messing up. Wholeheartedly agree with both of those. And 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 I think from the first point, Ari, the stats, I think a, a, a big takeaway from that for anyone listening should be what Matthew said around, don't focus on the wrong number. But I think it's, as you, as you mentioned, find the right number for you because the right number for, for everyone is different. You know, it depends on your goals and your focus and your flow. And mate, to the point regarding the guests, that is such a big bugbear of mine. Um, this idea that you're right, they're not, you know, unless Elon shares it and continues to share it, it just it's just more transient promotional work, and it's not, it won't, it genuine. I've seen it, it won't affect your downloads the way you think it will. And I, I also, one of this is a bit tongue in cheek, but one of the things that used to drive me mad back in the day of like entrepreneur podcast being the only format of podcast. Thank God for serial. The thing that used to drive me wild was someone would interview an entrepreneur or a business person on their show and then be like, Oh yeah, my friend, Gary Vaynerchuk. And you're like, he's not your friend, is he? He's just sort of been on your show once. And you're like, oh. and then, but what annoyed me about that is that to it's whilst it sounds flippant and a bit tongue in cheek, the business logic of that was really flawed because 
it did it did a few different things for me that were wrong. Number one, it um it 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 built a business that relied on you having to align with the next celebrity name instead of standing on your own two feet. And that is a shaky ground. Okay. The second thing it did was it didn't and it's ironic because a lot of these business shows used to say, you know, position yourself as the expert, but you weren't. You were positioning them as the celebrity expert and you were just the host. You were just the let me ask one question and then you don't hear me for another 10 minutes. And then the third thing that it really did for me was it it cheapened the content because a lot of these quote-unquote celebrities, you know, how many times have you heard, um, oh, we got such and such celebrity entrepreneur and we managed to talk to them and they were so generous, they gave us 20 minutes of their time. And you're like, what? Like, that barely scratches the surface. Like if, I, if, if I'm going to... If you were promising to teach me something, teach me something and go deep on it. And if you are telling people that you're going to give whatever value you're going to give, give the bloody value. Don't just put a check in a box saying I've got a big name on and that's, you know, it positions me as the person that knows everyone. So I, I found that podcasting um, has developed from that. You mentioned earlier on, you know, there are so many streams of podcasting. And I think that's one of the challenges in podcasting. I'm, I see it now as part of global, you know, we work on some of the biggest shows on the planet, but also I still, every time I build, if someone says to me, can you build this for one of the biggest shows out there? I said, will it help Matthew and his clients or will it help my Spark of Rebellion Star Wars podcast? And that's why everything, you know, you're, you're a, a very kind, very staunch supporter of Captivate and the thoughtfulness that goes into it. And it's because, it's because of that. But I think those tributaries that are starting to form in podcasting can be a bit of a challenge in that, um, I use this example a lot, but like, you know, if I just say to you, Let's get into video. But does that mean movies? Does it mean TV? Does it mean Netflix? Does it mean recording something on your phone and putting it on YouTube? It's 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 different because it's, it feels to me as if like big media, like the wonders of the world, and that's great, and they're all but the they're different to a, the vast majority of the podcasting creators. It just all happens to be delivered via RSS to the same outlets. And it's just, but they're very different, aren't they? So what, what are your thoughts on that as an industry, from an industry perspective? So I, I'm so glad you said that because that's the, the thing that drives me personally crazy about the space is the gatekeeping of it, right? Are the people who come up there and say, your show is only on YouTube. It's not a podcast. Fair. By technical standards, it's not a podcast. It doesn't have an RSS feed. I I don't care that it's called a podcast anymore. I don't focus on my clients being podcasters. What most folks who use the term podcasting is what they do are spoken word media. You know, people put on shows, people put out content, people create um, what we do is not unique or different. Spoken word has been around tens of thousands of years. It's going to be around for hundreds, if not millions of years beyond us. And it doesn't matter that it's delivered via RSS or if it comes out of YouTube or if it's broadcast, whatever it is, this obsession that because my show is on Apple, it's some sort of unique product drives me nuts. Now, has podcasted, has the technology of podcasting 
opened up opportunities and changed the media landscape in a way that is for the better, 100%, right? I came from radio where you had to get everything done in 30 seconds or 60 seconds or three minutes, and you can't tell a story, right? You were saying like, oh, we only have 20 minutes with Elon Musk. What a generous person. I used to get three minutes with someone, and we had to tell a whole story in that amount of time. So the fact that a serial comes along and can tell this incredible story over the course of 10 hours is amazing. The fact that, you know, Joe Rogan can sit in a room with another comedian and BS for three hours as a form of entertainment is awesome, right? Comedy Central wasn't giving him those three hours. Radio stations weren't giving him uncensored access for three hours. Okay, Sirius XM a little bit, yeah, but you had to listen to it then. Otherwise, it was gone. You missed it. Podcasting is a technology. The people who are behind the microphone need to accept that what you have created can live on even if RSS goes away. And so that is one thing about the industry that, again, which is why like there's that gatekeeper like, oh, if you don't use this, you're not really a podcaster. Oh, you know, can't believe you're still using Zoom. What kind of, you know, what kind of idiot podcaster are you? That's not a real show. It's like it works for them. Leave them alone. Uh, going back real quickly to the um, Elon Musk thing, by the way, I think your show will be way more successful if Elon Musk tweets, oh man, I can't wait to hear the next episode of the podcast accelerator versus if he goes on there once and talks about what he thinks, you know, podcasting and Twitter mean together, right? Like that endorsement, because there's a lot of good podcasting hacks. There's a lot of good marketing ways. Like grow. The truth is most of the time, the way we listen to a new podcast is, and this is what I believe you can prove me wrong. That's cool. Uh, but, but my belief is we start listening to new shows because someone we know, like, or trust says, Hey, I think you'd like this content that could be in the form of your friend saying, Oh, Matthew, I was just listening to this fantasy football podcast, right? We're in a fantasy football league. Check it out. Cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. Or it could be you writing an article that says, here are the top five podcasts about podcasts and we want to check it out. Well, Mark's an expert in the field. So I'm going to take that information with some extra value if he says it and go give those people a listen. Um, right. And so I, I think getting that, that endorsement off the podcast is probably more powerful than just having that random expert voice on your podcast. Fully, fully, fully believe in that myself as well, my friend, because the, the endorsement is key. It, 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 it's not, it, I think that's because it subtly, it switches the message for me. It's not here I am on this thing talking about me. It's I believe in this thing and I would tell you about it even if I wasn't on it. And that I think is the subtle difference that's actually not that subtle but you, you can you can easily not spot that i think in the in this such i mean we live in a fast-paced transient world we see so many things on twitter on linkedin um and i think back do back to your point about uh, you know what is a podcast the people that are whining about what a podcast is and gatekeeping it are generally the people that are doing absolutely nothing to better the industry it's always the way um and it's i i always use the example in that case right let's stop live streaming our podcasts. Or if you're going to live stream your podcast, let's not say that we're live streaming a podcast. Let's just say that we're live streaming because how can you say you're live streaming? It's bollocks, right? And then the other thing is how, what, what do I do with my mum, right? 
My mum turns up. She's like, Mark, you're into podcasting, aren't you? Eventually, I figured it out. You're into podcasting. I'm going to go watch this podcast that I really like on YouTube. What am I going to do? I'm not going to go, mum, whoa, stand by. Let me, let me bring you these three letters, right? Christmas dinner, sit yourself down. Turkey's wonderful. But have you heard about RSS? Because what you're doing is watching a video and it's not, who cares? Like as a creator, we're not, (laughs) I can't think of one creator on planet earth that if an advertiser came to them and said, we want to sponsor your podcast, that would go, yeah, that's cool, but you're not having the YouTube version of it. No chance. Keep your money. You know, who's going to... So it's it's a silly way to think, and I think you nailed it, mate. Podcasting is a technology, but it's almost become a verb in that, you know, whoever goes search for it online, I'll Google it, you know? So it's, I just believe that we're maybe getting into that territory a little bit with podcasting. Yeah, and, and what I will say is, the, the gatekeeping and one of the things I've always liked about what Captivate does and, and why I'm still a firm believer of it is you, there was actually a story today, uh, Glenn Beck claiming his show got censored off of Apple, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's, that's an interesting story. Like what happens? I'm a content creator. I own my content, but the platforms don't allow me to do my thing anymore. Okay. You don't need it. Right. If I have a website, if I have uh, you know, a place to host my content and if I have the tools that allow me to communicate to my audience what I want them to do, right? I love that Captivate, you know, when you guys came out with dynamic ads, I was like, this is amazing, right? This is something that can be used by independent creators in so many different ways that they they wouldn't have access to because some of those other tools are way more expensive or too complicated or or require X amount of downloads to get access to, or when you came out, you know, recently with like, here's all the ways we're going to help you make money off your show that allows you to not have to worry about if you are, you know, acceptable by Patreon's terms and conditions, or if Spotify decides we're only airing our shows, right? Like you guys have done a nice job of empowering the creator to do what they need to do and not have to worry about anybody taking that away from them. But to your point, if an advertiser came up to me and I do my show and it's only on YouTube and they say, I really want to sponsor your podcast. What I'm not going to do is say, it's not a podcast. What are you doing? Are you crazy? No. Yes, please. Here's my audience. Like, how, how can we make this work? It's, it's why increasingly when clients are looking for a URL for their show, right? Like if they want podcastaccelerator.com, I imagine that would be taken. But is podcast accelerator show available? Right. I would, I would certainly suggest that over podcast accelerator pod or well that's a terrible name anyway because there's pod twice in there but right you get the point like i i've been trying to encourage people to say don't worry about whether it's a podcast don't worry about whether it's rss like do you have a message do you have an audience do you have a reason for doing this and if so we'll figure it out the technology is there for anybody to put content out these days so if you have a good reason to do it, put out content these days. I'll also say we, you know, so the the thing going back to the numbers, the people who are obsessed with their audience, we have podcasters who literally could not care about who downloads their show. Their goal with the podcast is the guests who they talk to, right? Oh, I got a chance to interview so-and-so for my show. Five people listen. Doesn't matter. So-and-so is now truly in my network, right? Not the fake, oh, me and Gary Vaynerchuk are friends, uh, is introducing me to other people and could be, you know, potentially become a partner of some sort in the future. So 
that's why it's so important to know why you're doing this. Because if you want to network with the the big wigs in your town, no offense, the big wigs in your town aren't listening to podcasts. But if they're coming on your podcast, that is a relationship now that you can really take advantage of. So really focus on why you're doing this and make sure that what you're doing is is aligned with your goals and objectives. Otherwise, yeah, it's going to feel like podcasting sucks and is a waste of your time. Yeah, I love that. That's it's. I think it's sage advice that is time-tested as well. The ability to just not treat podcasting like a job because it's something that you've got to do. If you love it, if you know why you're doing it, if you know what you're doing it for, actually you turn up and you enjoy it and you would do it regardless. And I think it is most podcasters in my view that I've seen really kind of pod fade and, and, and choose not to do this anymore. I've done it because they, they took on a format that someone had told them that was right for everyone. And they realized that it became work and it became a job and they don't want another job. So yeah, sage advice, my friend, as always. And I think we will stick a pin in it right there. I could talk to you forever. Uh, but being completely honest with you, I want to save it for a second episode because we could go on and on. So ask yourself, you beautiful podcast listener, you beautiful podcast creator, are you committing any of those podcasting mistakes? Are you focusing on the wrong thing? I urge you to listen to this episode again, because Matthew is truly one of the best around. If you enjoy the episode, mark.live slash support. And as for you, Matthew, it's a pleasure, my friend. I really hope to see you soon and just deeply thank you for taking the time to do this. It was my pleasure. It's great to see you and can't say it enough, man. Keep up the great work. It, it's always amazing to see uh, what you guys are working on and what you're going to come out with next. Oh, that is very, very kind. And congratulations on all of your success. It's been a delight to see. For you, the wonderful listener, I will see you on the next round. Until then, take care, look after yourself, keep doing what you do and adios for now.